This is the Relentless College Entrepreneur Podcast by Hunter Beal. Welcome back with another podcast episode. I'm super excited about this one with the previous episode being with a $1.3 billion developed real estate guy, Ken Van Lu. I really appreciate him coming on the podcast. I learned a whole lot and I hope you guys did as well. And I have a special guest coming on next week. I'm going to do an episode with him coming Friday, and I'll post it next week. Uh, He's an author of a book that I very much enjoy, a 4.0 student with making six figures a year and how he balances it. His book is called Full Student, and I'm not going to say the guest yet, but super excited to have him on coming coming soon. So I'm going to jump right into this podcast episode. Today, we're going to be talking about Millionaire's Truth, and I talked kind of like with a book called The Millionaire Next Door, and I gave some statistics and everything like that, and the truth behind millionaires, but um, this whole overview and the basic idea behind this podcast is going to be, we don't actually think... We think we know what millionaires are, but we actually don't know. They tend to be our next door neighbor, which is very surprising, and I'm going to get into that. The readings I've done to understand this, and I've understood this from a perspective for a while now because I have my dad and uh, my mom, and they've been very frugal with their money, and they're not millionaires, but by any means, that's not a flex, but they've taught me to be very frugal with my money and to save wisely to become a millionaire, and through my teachings of my dad, I love my dad to death. He's taught me everything I know. He's made me the person I am today, and he's a really big hard worker, and I love him to death. But this guy named Thomas Stanley has written a bunch of books over millionaires, and he's dedicated a good part of his life to show us what real millionaires are and not to get it confused. And his four books that I've read, and there was one podcast, it's actually three books that I've read. I'm on uh, a book currently, but he has like this talk that he's done, and it was like a four hour long. It was a very good book called Networking with Millionaires. I finished that thing, I think it was five hours of him talking with someone, and it was a super productive conversation, and it was so crazy, and he taught a bunch of people and gave real-life examples of what these millionaires did that are in sales, whatever it is, to show that they go over and beyond. I'll get into that um, a little bit later. And then there's The Millionaire Next Door, which I've already given a podcast on that. Another one is Stop Acting Rich and Millionaire Mind. I'm currently on Millionaire Mind. I think I'm about a fourth of the way done with the book. Very interesting perspectives. A lot of it, a lot of his books, I would say The Millionaire Next Door is one of the best books he's written. But Networking with Millionaires is another perspective that's very interesting. It doesn't really talking about, it's not talking about being frugal with your money and stuff like that. It's more about networking with millionaires and how these millionaires network with other millionaires and become these great big names within their industries. So jumping right into the, I'm not going to talk about the millionaire next door too much because I already had a podcast on that. So stop acting rich. It was kind of duplicate of what his the millionaire next door was, but it was with newer data. And it showed a lot of stuff that I think is worth talking about. So stop acting rich. It's very much so showing the audience the statistics of what millionaires are really buying and what people so call themselves millionaires and what the society and civilization thinks are millionaires are driving, but really in their bank account, they're in debt, whatever it may be. They're not making as much money. They aren't having net 
worth. Super important understanding is net worth and rich. Rich and net worth are two very different things. Rich is making a lot of money, but then it's consuming a lot of money as well. Wealth is you don't even have to make a lot of money, but it's how much you save. That's the difference, the big difference between rich and wealth. And I saw a video and Shaq was like, I'm pretty rich to this guy. They were having a conversation. He wasn't being cocky, but he's, he told Shaq, this guy, he was like, hey, I, Shaq, I know you're pretty rich, but you aren't wealthy. He said, wealthy? I don't think there's a, there's no big difference between the two. He said, a big difference is my account is bigger than your account. I guarantee you this. And you play in the NBA and I'm a sales guy. And they were having an organic conversation. It wasn't like a roast or anything. And he taught Shaq that there's a big difference between making a lot of money and making some money and saving that money because your overall net worth should be higher than way higher than what you're currently making. It's that saving, investing, and doing wisely with your money. And Shaq said, teach me how to do this. And um, I think I'd benefit a lot. And I, I, um, I'm 100% down to learn this stuff. And he said, okay, I'm going to take this dollar bill rip it in half. He ripped it in half and said, okay, you have 50% of your money and 50% of your money. 50% save. This other 50% that you still have, he rips it again. He said, this is investments, throws it away. He said, this 25% is what you have and you're saving. Now, I don't recommend this strategy for other people, but this is like for people that are extremely rich, have a lot of money. Like Shaq was in the NBA. He has a ton of money, but he's only going to, he was only going to be in the NBA for so long and making this a lot of making so much money, but he also is on network shows and stuff. So I know he's still making a lot of money, but he said, spend that 25%, have that 25% and buy whatever you want, the houses, the stuff, but do not touch that ever other 75%. And that was a wise investment talk to Shaq with saving and that that's not really ideal because uh most of us can't just you know 25 percent of what we make isn't going to be enough to survive so to say unless you want to like live really poorly but um you know there's different strategies to go around it and i use uh, a strategy that i'm really trying to hit and it's coming from me a guy that I, i've been trying my best and i'm not perfect by any means and to tell you the truth i budgeted for school and all this stuff and i really am against acting rich but I try to get this newer stuff that I think would make me more productive. For example, I got an iPad. The first paycheck I got when I was in California wasn't exactly the smartest thing. And that wasn't acting rich, so to say. It really wasn't. I'm not flexing that I have an iPad. But it was on sale for 300 So I was like, this is an ideal purchase because I want to start writing notes and retaining information better. So ideally, economically, it made sense because it's going to be worth more than $300 to me because... I'm going to be able to have an input of information that's going to be able to help me in my life and it's going to be an investment in my eyes but it wasn't so to say the best investment because i wasn't able to save as much and then my bill for monthly rent came in my utilities came in my uh, wi-fi all this stuff came in and i was like shoot i spent way more so it's being that frugal and smart i should have saved a lot more and then been like okay now that i've saved and worked my butt off i can have a little you know fun gift to myself so to say but not really a fun it's more ideal for um inputting more knowledge and exporting more knowledge to you guys for example the notes i read are on my ipad but jumping right back into it i don't want to get too detoured off the topic is that Toy, 
another fact that I really so liked is that, take a guess what you think the average millionaire drives. What is the most popular make of a car? Lamborghini, Mercedes, what do you guys think? It's actually Toyota. Toyota is on average what most millionaires buy. And that's crazy. And it's not even forerunners, actually. That's not even popular because forerunners are pretty expensive. And Toyotas have higher end makes. It's the average, like, Camry Toyota, which blows my mind. They might buy a brand new Toyota Camry, but then they take really good care of it and all this stuff, but they save like crazy. They don't have these, instead of buying a Lamborghini, they save what they would have between a Lamborghini and a Toyota Camry in the bank and investing and rental properties, stock market. There's many things. You have to have a diverse portfolio. You can't be just in the stocks. You can't just be in real estate. You have to have a diverse portfolio because if one tips, then the other can save you potentially. So there's a lot to go around it, and I think it's very interesting perspective to think about that. Think about that. You know, there's people driving Porsches, Lamborghinis, and you're like, they're doing so well in life. I wonder what they do. And do not get me wrong. There are some people that are able to afford Porsches, Lamborghini, whatever, and live well be- well below their means still. But on average, majority of those people, I guarantee you, are not smart with taking those investments. There's and statistically proven people that make a lot of money, whether it be doctors, physicians, whatever it is, they actually aren't, they're very strong in making money, but they're also very strong in spending money and not necessarily being so wisely with their money. Um, I remember there was a time where um, my dad told me he went, H.H. Uh, H. Gregg, he worked there when he got out of the Marines. So it was a very long time ago. Uh, what was it? Like probably like 25 years ago, maybe even longer or shorter. I'm not trying to say your old dad love you to death. <laughs> but he said there was one time a guy came in and he had, my dad makes commission at H.H. H. Gregg at the time. And this guy came in and he had flat screen TVs, all this stuff, 16000 thousand dollars worth of technology that this guy was buying he gave my dad uh, my dad the credit card he swiped it and it got declining he called the company he's like it's probably just a large amount so i just need to call and verify he calls and actually the guy was in debt and owed money and he could not spend it on the credit card and this guy was a doctor he was talking to my dad they were kind of talking my dad was doing sales for getting this sale and uh this guy was a doctor and he had he was in debt making six figures there's people act rich and everyone thinks they know how to become rich and all this stuff and i very much so was in those shoes myself but it's very there's a very clear understanding of not acting rich and that's one of thomas stanley's books stop acting rich the guy that's wearing gucci prada fendi i see so much people on social media flexing that they have money and in reality they might have made that money but then they go on and spend it on a fendi belt a gucci belt gucci cloak whatever it may be to act rich and then their net worth is nowhere near what it should be they're acting rich at the cost of not becoming wealthy well sustaining money that is long term and people go on and act rich and you can take my advice with a grain of salt um i used to buy supreme i used to be in those shoes i used to think that acting rich would make me rich and in the future i would be rich because i'm acting rich but it that was a little confusing but i 
I think we shouldn't act rich. We shouldn't have to buy. And on average, the millionaire from Thomas Stanley books that I've read actually goes to TJ Maxx, Ross, all these discounted retail stores. They never buy at full price. They buy at 50% lower prices. They go to these liquidation shopping centers, which is TJ Maxx, Ross, Ross, they, Nike, all these other companies give their products that are overstocked or not selling to TJ Maxx. And they're still pretty good products. I shop at TJ Maxx. I love it to death. I got all my business shirts. I got eight business shirts for a hundred dollars. And that's another thing. People think that they have to dress rich in their industry and buy a $500, a thousand dollar suit. On average, a millionaire doesn't spend over $300 on a full suit that is tailored to him. And they go to Kohl's is a big one that they shop suits at, but they don't usually get their clothing at because it's a little expensive. So they end up going to TJ Maxx and Ross, which is very important, I think, to realize within these millionaires because so so many people think that they understand millionaires and that they drive these fast cars and there are millionaires that can afford it and can live under their means. But unfortunately, a lot of the people that do aren't having a good net worth. They aren't building what they should uh, to be able to live the sustainable lifestyle after they no longer work. If tomorrow they ended up couldn't work, whatever it may be, a leg gets chopped off, have cancer, whatever it may things, whatever happens, life happens, right? Would they be able to sustain this wealth with their net worth? That's a good question to have. You aren't what you drive, and that's what it said so much. And I've talked about Lamborghinis, Porsches, you know, all these expensive cars. But a big point is you aren't what you drive. It doesn't matter what you drive. There's a sales guy that was making seven figures, millions of dollars a year. And Thomas Stanley was talking to him, and he drives a 10-year-old Honda Civic. That's very extreme living under below their means. But this guy's net worth was insane. He, he was, I mean, he could retire, but he loved what he did. So he kept on doing it and he was way below his means. He does. And a big thing that millionaires do is donating because they do what makes them happy with their money, which is donating and making other people happy, not, not boasting themselves, driving Lamborghinis and Porsches. Now I'm not going to lie. One day I hope to drive uh, a Porsche, uh, an, a 70, a 1970 Mustang that I upgrade myself, but there's a time for that when my net worth is really good and I am very financially free with my money. And I know that I, I can't right after college, I'm going to keep my car for a long time. And I'm not going to go on and spend a bunch of money to prove to someone that I don't even like or they don't even like me that I have a lot of money. It's not worth it in the end. There's measures of wealth and there's a direct correlation from Thomas Stanley's books with household income and houses and cars and stuff like that. And it's like, the millionaire next door is really a good explanation of all of this is, you know, the person that's driving the Toyota Camry right next to you and you think that they're middle class is actually living way below their means. And there's people on average, there's higher people in higher class households that don't make enough money to buy what they have. And they're trying to prove to the world that they make a lot of money and they're successful and all of that, but their net worth wouldn't be able to sustain this lifestyle for more than five years if they quit which is just insane that people keep on doing this to show people and Gary Vee talks about this so much to show people that you don't like that you're making a lot and prove them something when they don't even give a hell in the first place. Another thing is 
the difference between being rich and acting rich. Acting rich is like we've been talking about a lot, and I don't want to over-satisfy this particular part, but it's restating to get to you guys that acting rich is so much different from being rich. Being rich is net worth, whereas acting rich is rich and showing people that you make a lot of money. The key takeaway is being frugal with your money and living below your means. It's such a simple task, yet people do not do it. They buy a boatload of stuff on Amazon, and that's coming from me. I have, I've had my fair share of Amazon orders. I have Amazon Prime. I have gone through that phase, and I've been cutting down so much, and I'm not perfect by any means. I don't want you guys to think that I have million of dollars, millions of dollars in my bank account. I'm hoping one day, maybe, but money isn't everything to me, but hopefully financial freedom will come, but I have to live way below my means, and I've had to make those actions. I've had to make those false doings and buying a lot and to understand and I'm grateful that I did because now I understand especially when I get a job after college or create my own company and become a firefighter that I'm going to be able to save a lot of money and live below my means and be very frugal with saving investigating into my new the new car I'm going to get I'm not buying a Lamborghini but if I'm buying a Toyota Camry I'm finding the best price in the United States I will take a flight to find the cheapest one and drive it back home that's how dedicated I am to being frugal and it's these learnings that we do that we understand to be more frugal. And there's people that keep on buying and never understand that you have to be frugal and live under your means. And I've said that all so much, I know. But if you do this, I promise you, you'll retire a millionaire. A millionaire. People aren't patient. They want to live this millionaire lifestyle when they don't have the money to do so. Be smart with your money. Be frugal. Live below your means. And then you will have a net worth in the future that you are proud of, that you're able to give to your kids, your grandkids, you're able to build this wealth that is able to sustain for hundred years to go through these generations. If the next generation is smart with their money, if my kids, I'm hoping my kids are going to be smart with money, I'm going to teach them that. And when I teach them that and I, they get the money when I pass away, that they would be able to build onto that and then give to the next generation and teach them my learnings as well. Generational wealth is the key. You have to understand that, you know, and another quick statistic is that millionaire watches, for example, how, what do you, what brand do you think millionaires buy? Rolex? Um, Louis Vuitton isn't one, um, you know, Tag Heuer, what, what do you think they buy? You know what's funny? They, on average, don't spend more than $100 on a watch. And the most expensive watch they buy is Seiko. I have a Seiko, and I will probably, I was into watches for a while. I have like five watches, and I had to go through that thing. It, I, had, I thought I had a dress for success. I went through, what was it, uh, two summers ago, and last summer I bought um, some watches, and I started to get into it, and I thought dressing rich would make me better at sales and people would understand I have a lot of money, but it's actually the person that has the Walmart watch that rich people look at them and, and know, or people that have net worth look at those people with Walmart watches that are selling them something that, okay, this guy knows what he's doing. He's frugal with his money. He knows what he's going to do and how he's, and he's going to give me the best deal on this, whatever it is. And 
on average, a lot of millionaires actually have Walmart watches on, surprisingly, you wouldn't think it, but they're so frugal with their money. They have a Walmart watch for 10 years that they spent $20 on, which blows my mind. And the highest watch that they buy is Seiko, and it's a very quality watch brand. I have a Seiko myself, and the only reason I bought it is because I thought it was a good investment. It really wasn't. I'm keeping it no matter what. But a jewelry shop was going out of business in my hometown, so I thought it was a wise idea to go in the store, just give it some checking out. I was getting a chain fixed of my grandpa's, and I saw the Seiko that was beautiful, and I had a decent amount of money. I was working my butt off in the summer, 60 to 80 hours, so I thought it was worth it to get myself a little gift for the future to hold on for my lifetime. And the Seiko that was normally... 350 was on sale for like 200 and I looked online and they were going for 350 this this jewelry store was going out of business and they were losing $150 and I'm like okay this makes sense to buy because I'm never going to find a brand new watch for this deal for Seiko and I know Seikos are the best overall quality so I got it but that is the most expensive watch I'll buy in my lifetime I won't buy a Rolex I won't be flexing on that but um I think Seikos are really good really good investments if you want to get a watch. Seikos are the best brand, and that's what I've learned through thorough research. And before we end, I just want to say buying badges. It's very important to understand that status isn't, and buying badges isn't worth your overall net worth. It's not worth to risk it and to show people that you don't like that you're rich. You have to understand that building wealth over rich being rich and acting rich is very more important. I hope you guys like this episode. I really enjoyed talking about this because it's something I have struggled with in the past, but I'm starting to get better with through my experiences and readings that I've done. So I hope you've enjoyed it. If you have any questions, DM me on my Instagram, The Relentless College Entrepreneur, and I'd love to have a chat with you. If Whatever you think, if you think differently, I'm totally, totally open to discussing. I hope you guys have a great rest of your week. You're going to crush it. And with that being said, cue the outro. This was the Relentless College Entrepreneur Podcast. Stop acting rich. Be rich. I'll see you in the next one.